0: Today's Local Lady Podcast is brought to you by Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. While Brown Sugar is building a brand new space, they're temporarily open at 203 East Main Street in the former Cowboy Cafe. For the best handcrafted artisan coffee, a relaxed coffee shop atmosphere, and even live music on Thursdays, check out Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. Good morning, Riverton and Fremont County. This is Bethany Baldus on the Local Ladies Podcast, and today our podcast is brought to you by Brown Sugar. Uh, Our guest today is Carolyn Lampman Brubaker, and actually, we just went and had a coffee at Brown Sugar the other day. (laughs) So um, Carolyn is, most of you might know her by Mrs. Brubaker from Jackson Elementary School where she taught for 35 years.
1: I was at Jackson for 24, and then I was at Ashgrove for one, and Rendezvous for, uh, I think, 10. (laughs) But who's counting? (laughs) Um, She is also, and what we're going to
0: mostly talk about today, is a published author. And so just kind of give us some history on when you got published and what you write.
1: Well, I, I never saw my, I saw myself as a writer growing up, but I never saw myself as a novelist. And I actually kind of fell into it. Um, I started my first book in the summer of 1987. And it was a very um, tumultuous year for me. There was a lot of stuff going on. We had moved. My husband lost his job. Just a lot of different things happening. And um, I said at a conference, or I said at a writer's conference one time, that I started writing instead of drinking and the minute the words were out of my mouth I realized it was true. I sat down one day and I just started writing um, to relieve the stress and in two months at the end of two months I had my first book about 600 pages. I don't still have that book and it's probably a good thing because I can't even imagine how bad it was but that got me started and um I wrote I I rewrote that one and I wrote another one and then I wrote a third one and the third one is the one that sold and that was Murphy's Rainbow and I sold it to HarperCollins in 1992 and um, a month after I sold it they called me and they wanted the other two books in the series and then two more books so I basically sold five books within a month and a half which just doesn't happen And or didn't happen then. And uh, things are going really good until 1996. And uh, there's most people don't realize this, but there was a distributor crash. And they went from 400 um, independent distributors in the United States down to 10 in a matter of weeks. And there were entire shipments of books that never were uh, put into stores. And the whole face of publishing changed. And the midlist basically disappeared, and and some of you have been reading for a long time, may remember that in the mid '90s suddenly all you could do, all you could get were the bestsellers, because that's how they decided to, um, that that was the best way to make money, and historical, and I write historical. Um, some call it historical romance, some call it women's fiction. But it is, it's basically a historical fiction with a very strong romance plot, too, alongside the other plot. Anyway, um, the, the people in New York had no concept of people who had been reading for 20 or 30 years and didn't understand that there were people out there that were not going to rebuy the books they had already read. And so they assumed that um, there was no market for historical fiction. So at one point, at that point in time, you basically couldn't give away a historical. And then, uh, oh, about three, four—I guess it's about six years later—a friend of mine started an EPUB. She was from um, Lusk, so it's kind of a local company. And she said, "You know, you've got that one book that you never published. Why don't you let me publish it?" So I gave her the book called Wild Honey. And she published that, and then I sold her my other books. Um, and she and she republished the six that I had out before. Then um, probably, I can't even remember exactly when it was, but I think it was probably about five years ago. She had sold the company to another um, couple. And about five years ago, um, they sold to a company that was going around buying up small ePubs. And uh, they offer you know they the guy called me and he says well you haven't answered my emails and they really want to buy your books and they're going to give you a, an advance and they offered me two hundred dollars for six books with or seven books with the understanding that i would give them all rights and i said i don't think so
0: so um then that took you ultimately to where you are right now of self-publishing and we'll get into that but real quick um I wanted to kind of discuss also uh, how you do your research and how deep into your research you get. So, (laughs) um, because I think that that's something that people don't realize goes into some books and just like the amount of time and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit ridiculous (laughs) with my research, to be honest with you. Um, If you go to my website, which is carolynlampman.org, I have a blog, and in that blog are a lot of the stories of some of the research that I've done. The best story that I tell on myself, and I do this all the time, um, I wrote a book, it was, it came out in 1995, so I probably wrote it in 93 or 94. Anyway, it's called Window in Time, and it starts at the Riverton Balloon Rally, and it ends at the Lander Hospital. And it mostly takes place down by. There's a pony, there was a Pony Express station down at Split Rock. That if you stop at that rest area there and you walk out to the end of, of the little tourist thing there, it talks about the, the Pony Express station that was across the river there. And that's where the, the book takes place. Well, the farthest that any balloon, hot air balloon that has ever gone has uh during the summer is about 55 miles and where i needed it to land was about 60 and i i couldn't figure out any way to make it go that extra five miles so i'm walking around walking around walking around trying to figure it out and probably was kind of crabby i don't know but anyway my husband finally says to me dear you're expecting them to believe that you went that your heroin went back in time and you're worried about five miles and I said, "Oh yeah, huh?" So I tend to get really carried away with my research, and, and then, I researched them all.
0: And your most recent book was about a twenty-year research. Yeah, it
1: took me twenty years to write that book because it um, it was it, it's actually I've come to realize that it was a government co- cover up of about one hundred and fifty years ago. It was about an Indian ring, which was a black market ring for Indian annuities around the Treaty of 1868 down at Fort Laramie, and I spent 20 years researching it and could not find out who did it. And then um, another writer who, uh, Kathy, Kathleen Gere, if you know if, if you've heard of Kathleen and Michael Gere, between the two of them, I think they've got like 65 or 70 books. And they're, his, they're all historically based. Anyway, she told me, Carolyn, it's fiction. Take what you know. And build the rest of the story using plausible details.
0: And I think um, I've read all of your books. And I think that one of the things that amazes me is all the different Wyoming locations. So um, like that you have historical people from like South Pass and um, all these people that we may have learned about in history. But kind of what their worlds might have possibly looked like back in the day with a little bit of romance well, thrown
1: my, my other uh my other career helped me a little on that i taught fourth grade history or fourth grade uh you know we did fourth grade notebooks wyoming history i, I taught that for a number of years <laughs> so i learned a lot there and it helped me delve deeper deeper and the more you go the more fun i remember one distinctly one time standing in in my uh, teaching partner i was standing in her room and she was teaching a lesson and i was just standing there waiting for my turn to re- teach and uh I just picked up a, a flyer that was sitting there, and I'm reading it, and it talked about Mother Featherlegs, who owned a dugout of ill repute on the Cheyenne Deadwood Stage Route. I'm am sitting there going, how can I resist that? So <laughs> she wound up in my book. I don't think that she. I think she was older than I had her pictured, but I mean. Most of the stuff in my books, the stuff that is the most, seems the most unrealistic is true. Right. It's pulled from real life yeah, stories. Yeah, you can't make the, that stuff up.
0: Um, so right now you're in the process of self pu- bringing everything back out. And so kind of what's the process been to self-publish and um, where you are right now?
1: Well, the first thing was sitting there going, <clears throat> okay, I got my books back. Now what do I do? And I sat there for a year or two with that, because I had no idea, and uh, then I met a woman came here for, um, they did uh, Wyoming Writers, which we'll talk about later, but Wyoming Writers had a convention here about four years ago, and I went to it, and there was a lady there named Pamela Hutchinson, who is, or Hutchins, who is uh, self-published, and she's a lawyer, and so when she first started publishing, her husband said, there's no way that you're going to be able to go with Pub, uh, with a traditional publisher because you're going to want control and so her whole thing for three to, for two days was talking about how to do self-publishing and i had another friend that kind of helped me f- through it too and so i i have redone the books um they are available on kindle at this point um and you can get either the um you can either get the paperback or you can read it on your Kindle reader, and they are at this point with something called Kindle Unlimited, which uh, some of you may have. It's uh, for I think it's like nine or ten dollars a month. You have unlimited books that you can read. It's not all the books on Kindle, but a lot of them. There's a lot of books, and uh, so you get to read it for free. And um, the way the authors get paid with that is that every page that's read they get uh, paid for, which it's like half of a, I think it's half of a half of a cent or something, (laughs) but it adds up. So that's where it's at right now. Um, I'm hoping to go wide, which means um, go with some other things like Barnes & Noble, possibly um, Kobo, which is Walmart, and uh, get my books out that way. Uh, I need to do some more research on the on how you exactly do that Uh, the other thing that i didn't mention before is that all of my books except i have three new ones seven old ones all of them except the the three new ones are on audible and i'm trying to figure out you know which way i want to go on on uh, getting my other my my three new ones recorded because there are several different ways
0: And so um, I guess what's kind of the process of after you have this perfect book finished, obviously one draft, you know, (laughs) 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 what does it kind of turn into then after that point for anybody out there who might want to Anybody who wants
1: it. Well, at this point in time, the reality is anybody can get a book published. You go to Kindle, I mean, you go to Amazon, you go to the Kindle thing, and you publish it. However... If you want a book that people will actually buy, then there is a process that you have to go to. And I think first and foremost is editing. Um, I have a critique group, and it's my second critique group, and they read every chapter as soon as I write it. And they give me suggestions, and then I go back and redo it. After I've got it as perfect as I can get it, then I give it to an editor, and, uh, I, ha- and, and your, your relationship with your editor, I mean, you don't just go out there and on internet and find, oh, I edit. You need to find somebody that connects with you. I know I can tell you some horror stories from people who have spent a lot of money, um, getting books bad- edited and then get nothing back from it. So you, you want to check, um, their references and stuff, you know, maybe talk to some of their clients. Anyway, uh, so she edits it and, and, uh, the particular editor that I have right now is Amy Earns. And uh, the first thing that our process is she reads the book, she sends me a, um, a letter saying, okay, these are some issues that I found. And or this is I think you need to do this or this uh, these these names don't work or I didn't understand this. And so then I go back and rewrite it. Then I send it back to her, and she does what they call line edits, which she goes through and she finds all my mistakes. She makes my sentences perfect. If there's something that doesn't make sense, she will say, okay, I don't understand this. And nobody can judge their own book. You just can't. I mean, after you've written your book, you may think that it flows beautifully, or you may think that it takes you know, forever to get to this one point when actually it is. To a reader, it goes in a very short time. So uh, an editor takes your work and polishes it. After she's edited, she sends it back to me and either accept or reject. And what I've discovered over the years, and I've worked with many editors, starting with HarperCollins, which is where I was first published, um, what I've discovered over the years is that editors are really, really good at finding what doesn't work. But they're not so great at (laughs) figuring out how to fix it. Because it's not their book. It's your book. And so a lot of times they will give me something that doesn't work, and I will fix it, in, and they'll say, why don't you do this, and I will fix it in my own way. Um, on so the just other being hand, confident to even stand yeah, up to yeah. suggestions. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but you also have to be open to yeah. suggestions, too. And I have to admit that some of my best ideas came out of my editor's head. Right. Then I do another step after it's been edited. I send it to a proofreader. And uh, so that when I put my book out, it is as perfect as I can possibly make it. And one of the things, one of the mistakes that people make when they publish their own books is that they skip that step of the editor and the proofreader. And I know a lot of people who, oh, I just have my friends edit it. Well, it's great to have your friends read it, but unless they are an actual editor, you're not going to get the kind of... um, Quality T-pack. product, yeah. And I also, you can make your own book covers, but I hire an artist to do that. And she's very, very, very good. If you uh, go to my website, which, again, that's carolynlantman.org, .org rather than .com because some guy in China owns .com. <laughs> but if you go to my website and you look at my book covers, they're, like, stunning. And I could not have even come close. And when you, are, when you go to... to um, when you go to Amazon to buy a book, the book you're going to notice is the one that jumps out at you. So I think that's very important.
0: So um, if there's people out there locally, uh, we actually have a pretty good group in the community as far as writers and that kind of stuff. Um, Can can you kind of give us some idea of where people can go?
1: About, about, oh, I don't even know how long ago. It was quite a while, five, six years ago. There were several of us, um, I think, Betty Stark's case was one, and Echo um, Klaproth and there were and Diane Curtis. There were several of us who decided that we needed a writers group, and so they put together one. and It's um, it has evolved. It's called Westward, W-E-S-T, and then W-O-R-D. Bethany told me the other day she didn't realize it was a it was word that it was planned words. Anyway, it's called Westward Writers, and they meet every second and fourth Monday at 130 at the library. And everybody's welcome. Um, they do a lot of things like you know, you just you'll bring a piece and read and, and everybody will comment it. You don't have to bring anything with you. It's a community of writers um, which writers really need that badly. And it's a community of writers and several of them have recently, put out books. Carol Deering put out a really nice poetry book. Um, Bart Ringer, who used to be a, a police officer here in town, most of you remember him, he put out a really great book. Um, I forget the name of it. Sorry, about. Sorry, Bart. But he put, out, he put out a really good book about being a cop in Riverton and has some great stories. And then there's been a couple of others. So if you are a writer, that's a really good resource for you. There's also, in the state of Wyoming... Um, there is Wyoming Writers, and it's the statewide organization. It, and, and Westward Writers is kind of loosely connected with it. Um, but but uh, Wyoming Writers is, the, the thing that is unique about it, I think most states have writing groups, but the thing that is unique about Wyoming Writers is that there are so few of us in the state that you have everything. Most states, you'll have a romance group, you'll have a science fiction group, you'll have nonfiction. Wyoming Writers has it all. They have poetry, nonfiction, everything. And the, one of the things about, about writing, it's not who you know or what you know, it's who knows you. It's all about connections. And I'm published because I went to Wyoming Writers, and I met Sharon Brondos, and I met mike and kathy gear and they headed me in the right direction so those are two really good resources for people there's also a number of conferences around the state um there's one at jackson hole every year that is really awesome and it, it takes place well it's called the jackson hole writer's conference i think it's like the first week in in july usually but uh, it's changed some over the years but uh, that's that's something you can go online and look up the Jackson Hole Conference. It's well worth your time and money.
0: Well, and I feel like Wyoming is unique. We may not have very many authors, but we also have a lot for, like, it seems like we have a lot of published
1: authors locally and that Right, kind of and stuff. they say there's a poet behind every sagebrush in <laughs> <Yeah>. Wyoming.
0: <laughs> it could be true. Um, so where, I know you've mentioned your website, but where can um, listeners Find more out about you and what you're doing, and what are some different projects you're working on besides the writing right now?
1: Well, um, I'm doing some some classes. Um, oh, and and I had to kind of laugh when Bethany said that through school you'd know me as Mrs. Brew Baker. No, everybody through school knows me as Mrs. Brew. <laughs> um, I I spent many years teaching written language. I was a I was a resource teacher, but I also taught written language and. Um, One of the things that I did, um, in conjunction with Julie Yeager, who is the young author queen of Wyoming, in my (laughs) opinion, um, we basically did the young author's program for kids. Um, And so I taught a lot of kids how to write, and we did books, and we did covers, and um, that kind of evolved into doing it for adults. And I've, I've taught a class at the college, and I've I've lately, I've started my own classes. The first one is called Novel Writing 101, and I do it online. I'm currently doing my second version of, or the second class. Um, again, on my website, if you go there and you look under Authors, Inc., which is I-N-K, another play on words, um, it's, it's where I'm, I'm doing all my classes. At this point in time, that's the one I have set up, but... Um, I've thought of doing little, little short ones like maybe one on setting and one on character and uh, plotting. And uh, one of the things that I'm getting ready to start very soon is um, finding your creative self. You know, how do you start writing? So that, that's what I'm working on right now. And, and if, you have, if you want, to, be, if you want to, to take a class, and I don't have it listed there, contact me. I mean... I'd be, you know, I, I, the, the ideas are only limited by people's imagination. So I can pretty much teach whatever anybody wants me to. Except maybe poetry. That might be a little iffy. But I can find somebody else who can.
0: <laughs> um, and then you're also on Facebook and also... Right. Like,
1: Facebook and Instagram, I'm learning. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, I'm learning. Um, that's, that's a big goal for myself. But I do have Facebook. It's Carolyn Lampman. Very good. Um, I
0: guess... One of the questions that I'm asking at the end um, as far as since you're a Riverton resident and what's kind of one of the biggest things that you hope to see happen in Riverton in the future, like your dream for Riverton?
1: Well, I came to Riverton in 1977 as a bright-eyed young teacher thinking I would stay three years probably and be gone. And then I met my knight in shining armor who was cleverly disguised as a dairy farmer on a motorcycle and I stayed and what I have seen, what I see going on right now, I'm so excited about. When you say what is my dream for Riverton, it's never been my dream for Riverton, but I'm watching it unfold and I'm really excited. And that's how everybody, all the, the new generation is kind of taking over and they are... All these exciting things are happening, and there's like this new vitality in Riverton that I've never seen before, and I'm really excited about the future, and and I want to see that continue.
0: And then, um, as far as with the writing, what would you what would be your biggest suggestion for somebody who wants to write but hasn't started, or um, what what do you think? What do you give advice? What do you tell people who are
1: there? Are three things that you that will make your book a bestseller unfortunately no one knows what they are (laughs) so my advice to anyone who wants to write sit your butt down in the chair and write it's the only thing you can do the best thing the best thing you don't write or the worst thing you ever write will be better than the best thing you don't write and nobody was born published nobody so your first attempts may not be exactly what you think, but if you keep working and working and working, it will eventually evolve. So the only way to learn how to write is to write and maybe take one of my classes.
0: <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Carolyn. I really appreciate it.
1: And thank you for having me. Yes. And
0: make sure you go check out our website and her Facebook page. We'll talk to you guys later. Today's Local Lady Podcast is brought to you by Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. While Brown Sugar is building a brand new space, they're temporarily open at 203 East Main Street in the former Cowboy Cafe. For the best handcrafted artisan coffee, relaxed coffee shop atmosphere, and even live music on Thursdays, check out Brown Sugar Coffee Roastery. My favorite drink is a Breve. Follow Brown Sugar on Facebook for more details.